Well, good morning again. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, New Testament book, chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verse 22. And this is the second week in our series on drawing near. And this morning, we are going to only focus on one half of one verse. So it should be a short sermon. We'll see how that works out. As you are turning in your Bibles or on your phones or tablets, um, I am an avid college basketball fan. Um, We love to watch college basketball. And if you are an avid college basketball fan like me, you know that one of the holy of holies of college basketball is Cameron Indoor Stadium, the home of the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Even if you're not a Duke fan, you know that that's sort of a, that's a holy place for college basketball lovers. And Lori and I were on a trip uh, going up I-85 and we were passing through Durham. This was probably 15 years ago. And as we were approaching Durham, I said, you know, I've never seen the campus uh, at Duke. Can we just get off, take a pit stop, and walk around Duke University? And I'd love to see Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's what I wanted to see. So she's like, yeah. So we pull off. We go to Duke. uh, We find a visitor's parking spot. We walk around campus. We find Cameron Indoor Stadium. And I'm so excited. We're walking around the outside, and I'm, I'm checking doors, right? Like... I wonder if it's unlocked. And uh, lo and behold, there was a door unlocked. So we open the door. I go inside. And I don't know, if you don't know my personality, I don't like risking too much, right? I'm not a risk taker. She is. She'll get in trouble for anything. I'm not a risk taker. (laughs) But so I open the door. We go in, and we're in this lobby. And it's got all their trophies and all the things, right, that Duke has won over the years. But then... The doors to the gym were propped wide open, and the lights were on, and the court was set up for a women's basketball game, and nobody was around. So I'm like, all right, let's just, let's just go in. Can we just sneak into the gym, look around at what we see on TV all the time, and get some pictures? And so we did. We went, me with trepidation, into this gym, looking around. She grabbed a couple of pictures, and then I was like, we got to get out of here before Coach K comes and starts chewing us out. So I was terrified to be in that gym, knowing I probably shouldn't have been in there, and yet I was absolutely thrilled to be seeing this place that I love watching the team play on ESPN so much. It was a mixture And I think that the people of God in the Old Testament felt that way about the presence of God. They wanted to be in the presence of God. There was the excitement and the anticipation of wanting to go into the presence of their Creator. But what were they conditioned to hear based on going to the presence of God? Don't come near, right? Who was allowed to go into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies? Only the high priest and only once a year. If you remember back to our series out of Exodus that we just finished, when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, what were the instructions to the people? Don't come near the mountain. Don't even touch the mountain or you'll die. So, 
the people of God in the Old Testament were conditioned to be terrified about going into the presence of God. And in the New Testament era, as Jews were coming to Christ, it makes what we are about to read all the more incredible because they're being told the exact opposite message. So, if we can, let's read together Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22a, just the first sentence. Hear God's Word. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let's read it one more time, just because it's short. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. May God bless the reading and the preaching of His Word this morning. So one of the primary messages that the writer of Hebrews is trying to get across to these Jewish believers, okay, people that have been raised in Judaism and who are coming to faith in Jesus, He's trying to tell them that through the perfect life and the atoning sacrificial death of Jesus, that God has now made a way for them to go into the Holy of Holies. To go into the presence of God and to go with confidence. With great confidence. And what He has done throughout the first ten chapters of Hebrews is laid out the evidence over and over and over about this new and better covenant that has been established by the new and better Moses and Abraham and David, this God-man, Jesus Christ. He has gone from telling the people about the objective reality of their position with God through the death of Christ, and He is transitioning us in verse 22 to the subjective reality or the subjective privilege that these believers have because of what Jesus has done. And that's what He wants to encourage our hearts with today. Because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, you no longer need to fear going into the presence of God. Rather, let us draw near to the presence of God with a true heart and a full assurance of faith. And so this morning, we're going to look at this one sentence. We're going to break it up into three phrases. And the first one is this. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. The former pastor Ray Stedman makes the observation that this whole little passage from 19 to 39, verses 19 to 39, it has two contrasting statements. The first set of statements are the we have statements. So if you look at your Bibles, in verse 19 it says, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Verse 21 says, since we have a great priest over the house of God. And these we have statements are statements of God's provision. God has provided Jesus for us so that we have a way to be near Him. And then it's contrasted with the let us statements. Let us draw near. In verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Let us consider how to stir up one another. And these let us statements are statements of privilege. We have the privilege 
to draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith because of what God has provided in Jesus. Now, a couple of things about this statement. First, notice that it's plural. Let us draw near. Christianity is not an individualistic religion. Christianity is not about me and God. Or about me, Jesus, and my coffee in the morning, right? Now, being with God alone is great for our hearts. A lot of us spend time with the Lord alone during the day. But Christianity is a relational religion. Let us draw near. Christianity is fundamentally about Jesus grafting us into the vine with other branches. Grafting us into the body of Christ. Adopting us into a family. Building us as one stone upon another into a building. We are meant to follow Jesus and to draw near to God together. Not alone. Together. Let us draw near. And then he says, let us draw near. Don't stay outside the Holy of Holies and just let the high priest go in. Don't stay far removed from the mountain that we can't go near or touch. But we can draw near into the very presence of God. In chapter 4 of Hebrews, he says, we can with confidence come into the throne room of the King to find grace and mercy in our time of need. Draw near to me is what God wants for us. So my wife and I have a rule, sort of a rule, sort of a thermometer, a thermometer for our marriage. It kind of takes the temperature. And it's, are we drawing away from each other or are we drawing near to each other? And especially during times of stress, right, or tension, or changes, right, sending a kid to college a long ways away, or changing jobs, things like that, that come into our lives. Are we drawing near towards one another during those things, or are we drawing away from one another. And what we always find if we evaluate and we say, you know what, we've been pulling away from each other, we know we need to stop and be intentional about moving close towards one another, especially when things are hard in our life or in our family. When hard things hit, we move towards the other person. Well, that's what God desires for us. Through Jesus, He wants us to draw near to Him. Because of the objective reality of what God has provided, He gives us the privilege to come near. And God says, it doesn't matter if things are great, He wants you to draw near to Him. It doesn't matter if you are struggling with bitter providences in your life, He wants you to draw near. When life makes no sense to you, draw near. When you've got it figured out, draw near. When you are fleeing temptation and you feel like you are doing good in your sanctification process, draw near to God. And when you have fallen and blown it for the umpteenth time, all the more reason that God wants you to draw near because He's provided Jesus for you to do so. Let us draw near to this God 
who loves us so very much. The second statement is this, with a true heart. With a true heart. What does that mean? What does it mean to draw near to God with a true heart? A great way to understand true, uh, the term in this verse, is a heart that is genuine, or a heart that is sincere, or a heart that lives according to reality. That's a true heart. And so uh, the writer here is not saying that we have to have a perfect sinless heart. We don't have to wait until we have everything cleaned up to come into the presence of God, or we'd never go into the presence of God. So whether we've lied this morning, whether we've yelled at our kids on the way to church this morning, whether we've already blown it, right, and it's only 10 o'clock this morning, we don't have to be perfectly sinless to draw near to God. That's not what true heart means. But nor does it mean that we're just sort of passive in the sanctification process. We're working through the Word, through the Spirit, through dependence on Christ in the sanctification process to put to death sin. So then what does it mean for us to have a true heart? A true heart is a heart that genuinely understands the reality of the sin in it and understands and is aware of the deep need of Jesus. That's what a true heart is. A true heart is a heart that lives according to the reality that we are all strugglers and sinners in deep need of Jesus. We could think of it like this. A person with a true heart is a humble person who understands the reality of sin and need of Jesus. A person with a true heart is a humble person who invites others with them because they know if God will let them come near, they'll let anyone come near, right? A person with a true heart is a humble person who knows that they have a lot of growing to do. That is what God desires in His presence. People to come near Him with a true heart, aware of sin, aware of the need of Jesus, inviting others and realizing we still got a long way to go in this sanctification process. What is the reality of your heart condition this morning? Are you aware of your own sin? The, own, the, the sin that you're struggling with this morning, are you aware of the forgiveness that we all need before the Lord? And are we aware of the growing that we need to do? Humbly, honestly, sincerely coming to God about the reality of the situation is what the writer of Hebrews is calling for us here. So, let us draw near with a true heart, and finally, in full assurance of faith. In full assurance of faith. So there's an Apple TV show that you may have heard of. It's called Ted Lasso. I don't give a pastoral recommendation for it, but I do want to use this illustration. He, is a, he was an American football coach from the Midwest who was hired to be a premier England soccer coach. Uh, in, in England, obviously. And uh, one of his first actions as a soccer coach in England is he goes into the locker room and he tapes up to the wall right over the locker room door this yellow butcher paper and on it is painted hashtag believe. And that is the message that he's trying to get across to his team. And the, the whole idea was that this ragtag group of soccer players 
who had been losing, who were completely full of themselves, and they were focused on themselves. He wanted them to believe that things could actually change. That if they started believing in themselves and believing in one another, that not only they could change, but the culture of the team could change, and then the outcome on the field could change. And as he began coaching this team, that's exactly what happened. Players started thinking about other people and not just themselves. The culture in the locker room and the organization began to transform. There were bridges built between players and players and owners, and they actually saw some success on the field. They believed in this coach. They believed in his process, and it changed for the better. So what's the belief? What's the trust? What's the faith that the writer of Hebrews is calling us to this morning in full assurance of faith? Well, some of us in this room really struggle with faith. I know I I do. I am assuming that some of us in this room, some of us at home, struggle with faith. Now, some of us struggle with the faith to just believe that God is, right? To just believe that God exists. We can't get through hurdles uh, in our mind about the existence of God. But that's not the faith that our writer's talking about here. He's actually addressing people that do believe in God. I mean, this audience here has a really strong belief in the one true God of the Old Testament Bible. So they have faith that God exists. So why is he saying in full assurance of faith? I think it comes down to Even if we believe in God, even if we believe in Jesus and have a relationship with Him, we struggle to believe that God actually wants me to come into His presence. That He actually wants me to draw near to Him. That He actually wants an intimate relationship with me. It's a struggle because we struggle with sin, right? We blow it. If we start evaluating our words to people around us or our attitudes or our desires or our thoughts or our actions, we think there's no way that this God would want me anywhere near Him. Some of us, we kind of look back on our past and things that we've done, things that we've said, bridges we've burnt, and we say there is no way that God would want to have an intimate relationship with me. Some of us get up in the morning and we pray and we seek the Lord and we open His Word and we listen to Him only to find an hour later we blow it before we even walk out the door of our houses. And we think, how in the world would God want me to come near to Him? This inconsistent mess. And so we struggle, don't we? We don't have the full assurance of faith that we can go into the throne room of God with confidence to find the grace and help that He so freely offers. We disbelieve that God would want someone like us. And here's the issue. The issue is not your sin. That's not the issue. It's not your sin that is keeping you from going into the presence of God. The issue is that your faith is in the wrong person. Your faith is in the wrong person. If you are struggling to believe that God would want you to come near to Him, your faith is in yourself. Your faith is in your own ability to sanctify yourself. 
You're trusting in your ability to remain sinless for whatever amount of time you think you need to remain that way in order for you to come into the presence of God. In order for you to draw near to God. And yes, if it was up to us, none of us would draw near to the Lord. But it's not up to us, right? Thank the Lord. What the writer of Hebrews is trying to say is that it is not up to you and it's not up to me God has sent this person this God man Jesus Christ to deal with all of the sin that we still struggle with he says because of him we can draw near to the throne room of God this is based on what Jesus has done and who Jesus is not our ability to remain sinless and if you struggle with your faith Put your faith in the right person and trust that He has provided a way for you to have that privilege to go into His presence. I want us to listen real quick as we close up our time. I want to go back to the passage. And I want to start in verse 19 where we started last week. And I want to read 19-22 to because I want it to get into your hearts what God has provided in order to give us this privilege. So listen to this as we finish up. Therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by what? By the blood of Jesus. By the new and living way that Jesus opened for us through the curtain. Through His flesh. And... Since we have a great priest over the house of God now, because of that, since we have those things, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Beloved, stop trusting in yourself. You will fail yourself over and over again. Put your faith in the God who never fails. Who sent the perfect high priest to rule over the house of God and to make a way for all of us to come near. Fix the eyes of your faith on your great high priest, Jesus. Draw near to Him. Because He has provided the great privilege to do so. And as we come to the table this morning, we get an incredible opportunity to draw near to God through Jesus. Jesus invites us to this table. He invites us to come and join Him. He invites us to come sit down so that He can serve us. He invites us to come near so that He can come and be spiritually present with us. And so as we close and as we transition to this table, let us draw near to God with a genuine reality of what's going on in our hearts. And let's do so with a full assurance of faith, not in ourselves, but in the Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. Oh God, We are overwhelmed by Your love. We are overwhelmed by Your grace and Your mercy. 
We are overwhelmed how you could provide Jesus for us, knowing the reality of our hearts and the reality of our sin. And yet, Lord, you have provided everything that we need to come into your presence. And so we pray that through your word this morning, we pray that through the encouragement of your spirit, and we pray through the strengthening of our faith through the elements at this table, that you would cause our hearts to trust in you and trust that you have provided this great privilege for us to come near. And God, whatever obstacle is in our heart, whatever obstacle is in our mind for allowing us to have full assurance of faith, would you break it down? Would you tear it down? Would you remove the barriers of our heart so that we could be filled with this full assurance in who you are and what you have done? And we pray all of this in the name of Christ. Amen.